0: Listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate.
1: Hey, podcast world! Today's episode is going to focus on lending. While we talk about lending a lot when it comes to deals, I feel like the context often gets lost in there because lending is often looked at as a commodity for hey, who can be the lowest rate? Who can do this? And lending, and therefore lenders, are some of the most important, but most underappreciated people on your team, especially in the process of putting offers in on the market and getting properties under contract. So today, I got a great guest and a friend, Joe Massey with Castle Cook here in this podcast studio.
0: Joe, how are you? I am fantastic, Chris. Thanks so much for having me always enjoy being here in the studio with you. Just excited to be here, excited to talk about lending, excited to talk about my team, excited to talk about how you and I work together. So, so grateful that you're having me today. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. And before we get into it, I really
1: want to emphasize that you are part of our strategic partnership program, mm-hmm. which last week we did a podcast on there for episode 352 where we outlined what our st- strategic partnership program is. And these are people we know, like, trust, and do business with. Mm-hmm. And you're someone I do a lot of business with. I know you, I like you, and I trust you.
0: I'd also like to point out, I'm pretty sure I was on podcast, like test number one. I don't even know if I was on podcast number one, but you're, all 352, I've been on a lot of
1: these. You're like negative three, because yeah. you did stuff before. And actually, you, you stole my thunder there on the story there on how we connected, because I, I think it's an interesting story on how we connected, because uh, we met through Charles Roberts, mm-hmm. who was one of my mentors, and I know you did a ton of work with him as well. Close friend of mine. Yeah, close Still friend. Is. Um, and Charles and I started working together because I was, you know, new to the market, news and agent. Mm-hmm. Charles took me his wing, and as we were starting to create some very basic content back then, and I was getting to know people around, right I was like, "Hey, you got to talk to this guy, Joe." Joe's the guy who comes to the line. I was like, "Great, I'll talk to Joe." Um, I think as we started talking from there, we did, did the very first, not even a podcast. I remember we recorded a, a high level video course on the website then, mm-hmm. and like. I didn't do much prep before then. I didn't know you before then. I came with my questions. You came with your content, and I was like, hey, we should prep. And Charles was like, oh, no, Joe's good. Joe's like, no, I'm good. He was like, okay, well, if you guys are good, I like to prep. Let's go with it. And
0: you rolled your eyes. I was like, okay, this is going to be terrible. Yeah. And then, well, and then was, what happened? I was like, it may be terrible. <laughs> I expect to be. But in reality, it came
1: out. I was like, wow, you know your stuff. I mean, it was just like, you were came on, you knew the stuff. I asked you questions, and you were just like, boom, 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 here's how it is. Thank you. And so what that carried on to was, you know, we became. Uh, you know, friends, we started doing our business together. Mm -hmm. And what this come out to be is that you've done all my loans for me over the years, all my residential loans, and Mm -hmm. you have done, I think the vast majority of our clients' loans as well here at Envision Advisors. Mm -hmm. And what I like about you, other than you're not just knowledgeable, you and your team also, you just get your part of the transaction to the finish line. You don't drop the ball, which is very, very important and also very underappreciated in the market out here when people are looking at just rates and terms. So I wanna emphasize that because that's what we connected and from there I feel like it's just been a rocket ship. Yeah, I have memories, I asked you a question, you know the answer. Or I come downstairs to your office, you're like, I'm not quite sure about, let me check on something. And you literally move an inch, grab whatever volume from Fannie and Freddie guidelines, mm-hmm. you look it up, you say, let me check on that. A minute later, hey, here's what we can do or can't do. Like you just know your stuff which I greatly appreciate our team greatly appreciates, and our clients greatly appreciate as well. Thank you. So, moving on to like the content here, uh, as far as like what people know about lending. Actually, before we start on there, how do you describe your business? Like,
0: what exactly do you do? So, we're clear as to where you can help people, where you cannot. Okay, great question. So, number one thing is, I do residential lending, right? So, I don't do commercial lending on office buildings. I don't do lending on fix and flips. I do residential lending on primary residence second homes, and investment properties. Now that seems like a really narrow slice of business, but everybody needs a primary residence to live. Lots of people want a second home in the mountains or you know, in a resort area, or maybe in an area where their kids are gonna go to college, things like that. And lots of people want investment properties. And there is a whole wide world of different types of transactions you can do under those three subsets, but everything we do is permanent residential financing on those three types of properties.
1: Very well said. So when it comes to like our clients and, you know, our primary residents are a lot of house acts and nomads. Mm -hmm. We do a ton of investment properties on there. When it comes to looking at those types of properties and those types of loans, what do people need to know before they start the process? Because this is something that I am constantly talking with our prospective clients about on the podcast. said earlier, people often look at lenders as a commodity. Oh, who's giving me this interest rate? Joe can do this. This one can do this. This one saved me $6. I'm going to go to this lender. Mm-hmm. And it's, on paper, it's that simple, but in real life, it's not that simple. So taking a step back as somebody who has decades of experience as a lender, an investor, and a great reputation around town, how would you describe the importance of lending to not just getting the deal financing numbers work, but getting the deal under contract?
0: Yeah. So a couple of important things. Number one, every transaction, if you are a house hacker or your investor, transaction A is going to impact transaction B. And imp- transaction B is going to impact transaction C. And transaction C is going to impact transaction D. And if you're trying to get to step Q, let's say, on however many properties you want, if you make a mistake on step A or B or C, that could impact you and derail your opportunity to get to the goal that you want. So that's one really important thing that we look at it with every client is what's your goal? Where do you want to get to? How many properties do you want? How much do you have to invest? Do you want to House hack? Do you want to have um, investment properties that are condos? Do you want multifamily? That's a big part of what we're going to do when you speak with myself or anybody on my team is find out what are your goals because it's more than what's your interest rate, what's your closing costs. It is where are you trying to get to? Now, we're certainly going to talk about interest rate and closing costs. Those are important. And Newsflash, ours are the exact same as everybody else's. The difference that you're getting with us is we've been doing it a long time. We've got a ton of experience. We've worked with hundreds of investors, hundreds of house hackers. We know how to get you to property A, and B, C, D, all the way to property Q or Z or whatever. So we've done it a bunch, and we know the speed bumps to watch out for. We know the roadblocks to watch out for. We know how to get you from where you're beginning to the finish line, whatever your version of the finish line is.
1: And I, I really like you said that because I often describe you know, lending uh, the component as like a chess game. Mm-hmm. Great, we make this one move. That's great for now. But three moves or six moves later, is this lending structure going to shoot yourself in the foot? Mm-hmm. Ideally, we don't want it to, but I've seen it happen with clients. And I think part of the reason you do so well is because, I mean, you know the process, but also you're an investor yourself mm-hmm. and it's not your first rodeo.
0: Yeah. And I see that happen all the time. We had a situation recently where we had helped an individual purchase four different properties and he called me up and said, Hey Joe, I'd really like to review this property. See if I can take some cash out, do X, Y, Z. And I said, you know what? Here's kind of some scenarios. Here's what this would look like. Followed up with him a few times, never heard back from him. He called me about 90 days later and said, Hey Joe, just want to let you know, I did refinance that property. I did it with a different lender. Here's why. No problem. You work with a different lender. That's totally cool and he said, but hey, now I'd really like to get pre-qualified to buy a new property. Well, guess what? The loan that he worked with a different lender on, they had done in such an improper way, it prevented him from getting qualified to buy the new property. Mm. All right? So the prior transaction can impact your next transaction. So you really need to think through that. And if your lender is not giving you that advice or your lender is not looking at the whole picture, it can make an impact. And he was very upset. And I said, well, it's unfortunate, but you went with a different lender that didn't give you this advice. Here's how we can help you, but it's going to take these X, Y, Z period of time in order to get there. Yeah, that's a great thing to bring up. And something that popped my mind that you and I talk
1: about a lot is we have a lot of clients and there's a lot of investors out around Denver. They they buy primary residence. A year or two later, they want to refinance. A lot of times like a cash out refinance. Mm-hmm. I've run this property for two years. Let's pull out some cash and use this cash to go out there and buy a new place. Mm -hmm. So they go out there, they refinance the property, Mm -hmm. pull out the cash, and then 30 days later, we'll go out there and buy the next primary. And a lot of times that doesn't work. So along those lines, can you tell us, break down a situation for us and help Give our audience some ideas as to how you guide people on there.
0: Oh yeah, happens all the time that somebody will buy a property with us. They have a great experience. They call up two years later and say, "Hey Joe, I want to take cash out of this property. You know, it's going to be my primary residence, but I'm going to want to buy this prop by uh, take cash out and then buy a new property." And I say, "Hey, that's great, but if you refinance this as a primary residence, you have to live in it for 12 months. That's what the note and that's what the deed of trust say, and you're going to sign those two documents at closing." And they say, okay, well, I don't want to live there for 12 months. You know, what are my options? And I say, great, we can refinance this property as an investment property, slightly higher rate, slightly higher closing costs, of course, eats into the cash flow. And they say, okay, well, let me think about it and I'll call you back. And then they call an online lender. And they say, hey, you know what? I want to refinance this property. And that lender doesn't go through that same questioning process. They get a new loan. It takes 60 or 90 days. They have a new primary residence loan. They take cash out. Then they call me and say, okay, Joe, I got my cash of $50,000. I'm ready to, to purchase my new property. Okay, great. I see you have a new loan here. You have to live in that for 12 months and they just fail to make that connection that what you're doing on this property is going to impact the next one. And I get it right now. Values are going up. Everybody wants to take cash out, but you've got to understand those timeframes um, because that can impact the next transaction, can impact your long-term goals. Particularly if you have to live in the property for another year, what happens to the property that you want to buy? It goes up another 15, 20%. There's right?
1: the opportunity costs. That's right. And you miss out on
0: there. That's right.
1: Yeah. And so just so people really understand this, because I have this conversation a lot and you obviously see this error a lot more than I do. Everyone knows or I should say our audience knows when you buy primary residence, you have to stay in there for 12 months. When you do a cash out refinance as a primary residence, it resets that 12 month loan clock, As like you said. So whether you work with Joe or any other lender, make sure you're very clear with that. Mm -hmm. Make sure you tell that to the lender. And I have a very vivid memory. This is before you and I got connected. In actually, before I knew Charles, I was looking to buy my first place out here, uh, talk to a lender. And he was like, oh, no, you can do all that. No problem. I was like, okay, well, asked him a few times. Oh, no problem. You can do that. Can you send me the loan docs? Just, so I want to verify them because, like, it's not jiving with other stuff I'm reading online. This is mm-hmm. all, I, I was just in deep Google at this point. This was years ago. Got the loan docs. I was like, oh, well, page 19 says I have to live in there for 12 months. His response was, oh, just ignore that. I was like, oh, I'm not
0: I'm There's not a word dumb. for that. There's yeah. a word for that.
1: Yeah, I go, I'm not that dumb. I've been there. If 10 years ago, I may have fallen for that, but I know not to do that. I was like, oh, you're on my do not call list ever again. Mm-hmm. And I have a very vivid memory of that because like, well, if I'm going through this, my clients are going through as well where it's not only bad information, it's borderlining like fraudulent information. That's right. Which we don't want to go into. Um, but this is where... As you work, build your team, your agents, your inspectors, your lenders, your everyone, you want to make sure you have people that aren't only really good at their, that transaction, but they also know the big picture to help make sure you're winning that chess game.
0: One thing that I always talk about in that situation, the only difference between me and that lender is I would tell you the truth on day number one. That lender would tell you the truth on day 89 when you're right before closing and they've dragged everything out and they say, oh, by the way, you got to live here for 12 more months. That's something that we pride ourselves on is telling the truth to the client, telling the truth to the client immediately and making sure that they understand what they're getting into on day one, not on day 15 or 18 or 21 or 90, whenever their closing is scheduled. We make sure that we tell everybody what they're getting into right up front.
1: Which, I mean, let's talk about that because the process, like, and this is what, you know, I've experienced to tell my clients is I, I, you talk to Joe and Joe's office. I go, they are very process oriented. Mm-hmm. Don't call Joe and ask a bunch of what if questions because Joe will say, great, I need to know what your history is, what your credit score is, what your W-2 is, what your income is before mm-hmm. I can tell you this stuff. And there's a fine line like there. Like I know everyone, myself, included, we want to know all these what if s- scenarios, but also I want to know reality. And when people call you, they start the process. From my experience, you gather more information than the typical lender does. That's right. And I think you do a, a, a thorough underwriting, mm-hmm. but that carries forward to that reality check on day three or into the process versus day 89 or whatever it is. And that gives people a very clear picture as to what to do. But most importantly, from my perspective as you know, running a real estate team, is that we don't get three days before closing? oh, we can't fund the loan, or mm-hmm. oh, we didn't catch that. To be very blunt, you have not screwed things up like that. I mean, it's a huge compliment because Thank you've you. done you due diligence before where other lenders are like, oh, you didn't catch that. We're at the finish line. We did our stuff, Client did their stuff, seller did their stuff. You, you screwed up lender. Like, wh- what the hell?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So let's talk about your process on here because I know you have... I think it's 100% or close to 100%, like pre-approval to close rate. Yeah. I don't want to butcher the stats, but walk us through that process and how that helps your clients win, help the agents win, I think is a very big part of like your unique value proposition as Team Massey.
0: Yeah. So number one, let me tell you what you're going to hate about me. If you dial my phone number, 303-809-7769, it's not going to be me that answers it. Someone on my team is going to pick it up. They're going to gather your information. Where do you live? Where do you work? How much money do you make? Let's take a look at your credit report. They're going to take all of that initial information and you're going to have some questions. Hey, how much do I have to put down? Can I qualify? And they're going to be really kind. They're going to be really helpful, but they're going to say, you know what? That's something that Joe is going to help you with. But my job as the first person coming in, uh, speaking to you, Chris, is my job is to take your information. So that first person that answers the phone is going to take your initial information. They're going to ask for some documents. It's actually right on the back of our business card. Your paycheck stubs, your tax returns, your bank statements, your W-2s, anything pertinent to the transaction. Do you have a divorce decree? Do you have a tax lien? Do you have something else that's impacting your situation? They're going to ask for that information. Once you get all of that over to us, I'm going to review it all and I'm going to give you a phone call. And at that point, we can go through what-ifs. We can also go through your specific situation. You want to buy this property. You want to buy a condo. You want to buy a multi-unit. You have this much money saved up. You're selling this property. A lot of these what-ifs can go down all sorts of different paths, and I'm happy to talk about those, but we want to talk about what if you can qualify. What if you can't qualify? What are the specifics for you? And you know, I work a lot in analogies. I describe it like a dentist. Right. If you call me and say, hey, Joe, my tooth hurts. Can you fix it? What's the first thing I'm going to say? Well, let me look at your mouth. and Let me see. Right. Well, if you say, no, I don't want you to look at my mouth. I just want to know what if this, what if that, what if all these different things? Okay. That's a fair question, but it's not really actionable information. And one thing that we focus on is getting all the information so I can give you an actionable answer, an actionable plan, and then we can give you a pre-approval. Here's what's unique about our pre-approvals. We are going to completely underwrite your file. We're going to verify your paycheck stubs, your W-2s, your tax returns, your bank statements, that whole list I just gave you. And when we give you that pre-approval, we have a 100% track record that your loan will close. Now, industry average is 72%. That means that 72% of people get a pre-approval. Once they go under contract, they are approved and they actually close on the transaction. That means the other 28% get turned down by their lender at some point after going under contract. We take that stat very seriously because I never want to be the person that says, you know what? I gave you a pre-approval letter. Just kidding. You weren't actually pre-approved. But that happens 28% of the time in our industry. It's almost a third, right? Almost a third mm-hmm. of home buyers are told no after they get under contract. We take that very seriously because we don't want to do that. We want to have that 100% track record. And so I am going to ask for more information up front. I do want to see your paycheck stubs. I do want to see your tax returns because you are looking to buy a home or you are looking to buy an investment property. And that's serious to you. And I want to make sure that I take it just as serious and I can get you to the finish line with no questions.
1: So, I mean, your pre-approval letter on the surface looks the same like all the other pre-approval letters. It does. What's the difference? So, I mean, your process versus just another lender out there,
0: why is your pre-approval a higher closing rate than industry standard? Because we do our homework, right? Because a pre-approval letter, anybody can write whatever letter they want. But our pre-approval, I'm going to require all that information. And then I'm also going to relay that to the agent and to the listing agent and say, this is all the information that we've required. Here's our track record over 20 years. Here's what we've done in the past. Here's how we're going to work with this client. Here's what your experience is going to be like going forward. You're not going to have that 28% risk that this loan is going to fall through if you have a pre-approval letter from me. Now, one of the criticisms I get, well, Joe only pre-approved me for $500,000, and I got a pre-approval letter from Zillow Mortgage for $700,000. Well, did you send them your paycheck stubs, your tax returns, your W-2s? Well, no, but they still gave me that pre-approval letter. All right, it may or may not be valid. And one thing that we're gonna do is make sure that we're going through those details ahead of time and telling you what you truly can qualify for. Yeah.
1: Which, I mean, like said, the proof's in the pudding. You guys have a 100% success rate. Mm-hmm. Like I said, from our experience on the brokerage side, you know, we often view things as, oh, great, this vendor, this person did not screw things up. And when <clears> they screw things up, It's a very vivid memory we have, and Mm -hmm. we stop working with that person, typically speaking. You have not had anything like that so far, and you've done a ton of transactions with us, which is because of your process, Mm -hmm. your thoroughness, which is a big reason we like to work with you because we're very thorough here at Vision Advisors where we have a process before as well. We don't go out there and look at properties Mm willy-nilly. We go out there and, hey, let's have a discovery call. Let's talk about your strategy. Let's go out there and get your pre-approval letter. Let's go out there and analyze a few properties, review those properties in a spreadsheet, discuss how that works. Make sure that we have our working relationship identified and make sure we have all of our ducks in a row. Because what happens, oh, let's go get a property on a Friday. Oh, I'll put an offer in. We have nothing lined up, which creates a fire drill for the whole team downstream, which rushes things. And then often makes it still late to get the property under contract. Yep. So we are
0: process oriented. You're process oriented, which is the big reason why we get along so well. One important point too: we are process oriented, but a couple things: our team is still really fun. We're mm-hmm. still really nice. We still want to help you. And the most important thing: it doesn't take as long as you might imagine. Do you know how long it takes to get pre-approved once you send me all of your information? I don't. About an hour. Okay. All right. So if you call me today and I ask for your paycheck subs, your tax returns, your W-2s, if you can send me all that information, we're going to have you pre-approved the same day. Now, if you send that stuff over at seven o'clock at night, it's going to be the next day, right? But we make sure that we stick to that same day pre-approval timeframe so that you can be out looking at properties. You can have a solid answer. You know exactly what you can get into, exactly what you can buy, and exactly how you're going to execute on that contract. So while it is a little bit more work up front, it's not this all-encompassing, Hurdle that you can't get over. It's the same information that any lender is going to ask for. We just ask for it on day one, not on day 15 when you're already nervous.
1: Yeah, I'm great you brought that up because, like, that little bit of it feels like extra work up front, but it's work that has to be done. That extra work up front saves time
0: and headache down the road as well. Every lender has the same steps. We just do it sooner so we can give you certainty.
1: So let's fast forward. We have the pre approval letter out there. Mm -hmm. We got a client out there shopping for properties. Uh, we put the offer in, you know, as brokers put the offer in, what does, what do you and what do lenders
0: do when we put the offer in? It's just, are you guys involved? What happens at that point? We're hyper involved. So the number one thing that I do is as soon as I see the copy of that contract come over, I call the listing agent and introduce myself. Number one, a very high percentage of listing agents in the Colorado area I've worked with. So I can call and say, hey, Chris, it's Joe Massey. We worked together on 123 Main Street three years ago. Remember, that was a great transaction. Hey, I'm back to do another transaction with you. You just got an offer over from Stacy on 789 Broadway. Um, Just wanted to tell you a little bit about the buyer, tell you a little bit about their experience with us. They're fully pre-approved. Here's what that means. We have our 100% track record. Um, Are there any questions I can answer, any concerns that you and your seller might have? And that gives me an opportunity to give a really positive reference on the buyer and a really positive reference on the buyer's agent. And then if I haven't worked with the listing agent, that's okay, because maybe they know me, maybe they've seen us on social media, maybe they've watched a podcast, but hopefully they at least know who we are. And it carries a lot of weight as compared to, hey, here's my pre-approval letter from Zillow Mortgage that nobody even looked at and may or may not be valid. So we make sure that we know that listing agent knows this is a legit pre-approval with a very, very high closing percentage. About the only thing that could derail it is the inspection. And that's outside of my hands.
1: And I can you know, tell you for certain, like for the audience out there, I mean, having you on the, the contract offer, part of the transaction, has helped us win offers for what you yeah. said. Just the reputation. You've been doing it for many, many years around town. 20 now.
0: years. I just passed my 20-year 20, 20 anniversary last week.
1: Um, so've been for, you know, for twenty years now, which I mean speaks volume versus a a brand new lender or a big box lender. Mm-hmm. But your reputation, your name has helped us win deals. Oh, and sometimes we're not always the highest priced, mm-hmm. but we're the best offer and most likely the clothes with the least headache. Yep. and that often is worth a few dollars to the seller, depending on their situation., yep. not always that case, but often it helps us win the offer. And, you know, you're a big part of the reason we're able to do that. So thank you. Of course. I want to highlight that because people don't realize that when it comes to like lending and transactions, we just think, oh, interest rates, not that simple.
0: Right. If somebody has a 0% interest rate, but you can't get under contract, it doesn't really matter. You're still going to be a tenant.
1: Yeah. That's what makes me think of something. I've had clients where, you know, for, you know, for purchase contracts, obviously very, very time sensitive. Mm -hmm. Refis, less time sensitive. Like you still want to close. Hey, whether it happens like 20 days or 24 days really doesn't matter, at least from my perspective. But I've had clients where they've you know gone online to shop at a, a discount online uh, lending brokerage or mm-hmm. wherever. I'm like, oh, I'm getting this amazing. I talked to Joe, talked to this guy, talked to this person, got this. Hey, this lender is an eighth of a point lower than everyone else, I'm gonna go with him. Great, just call me back when you have a refi. I don't care, just get the cash, let's go buy a property. Mm-hmm. Um, 30 days check-in, how's, how's the refi going? Oh, it, it got bumped, we're still waiting, okay. 20 days later, how's it going? Oh, it got bumped, still going. And then sometimes it's been 90 days, 100 days where they've not closed Mm -hmm. on their refinance. And then what happens is their interest rate lock goes up Mm -hmm. or they can't close and there's opportunity cost on there. Mm -hmm. So again, another thing, just don't look at rates and terms, but actually ask your lender, what's the timeline? What's your track record? Mm -hmm. And
0: can you get this done? Which you can. One of my favorite stories, and I see this happen all the time. Joe, I wanted to refinance, but XYZ Online has an interest rate that's an eighth of a percent lower. We're going to go with them. Okay, completely understand. Wish you the best. We're here if I can do anything else to help. I'll follow up with them in 30 days. Hey, how'd your closing go? Well, we didn't close yet, but we have to wait another 30 days because they're backed up in XYZ. Okay, great. Did you have to extend your rate lock? Yeah, we sure did. How much did that cost you? Oh, well, about an eighth of a point. Okay. Follow up in 30 days. Hey, how'd your closing go? Well, it didn't happen yet. They're backed up in X, Y, Z. We had to extend our closing another 30 days. Did you have to extend your rate lock? Yeah. How much did that cost? About an eighth of a point. Okay, great. And this goes on for some period of time. And by the time they get the loan closed, they're at either the exact same terms that we were at or worse. You know why? Because everybody's borrowing their money from the same place, right? Everybody has the same cost. Everybody has the same interest rates. If you have somebody that says, oh, this is so much better No, it's not. They just haven't told you all the details yet. And that's the difference between me and the online lenders is I tell you the truth on day one. Everybody else, not everybody else, but many other places are going to tell you the truth on day 90. After you're super frustrated, you're committed to the transaction, and you're like, oh my God, fine, I'll just close. And guess what? It's the exact same terms that we offered you 90 days before or usually worse. So something else, as we like move into like the bigger picture,
1: because you know getting the transaction finish line mm-hmm. is obviously super important. From my perspective, and this is just me wearing like my investor hat, just me as a pure investor, not a podcaster, not a, a realtor, anything like that. Is when it comes to like transaction two or three or four. Once you got to the first one, which was usually you know we're building the relationship. I gave you the most paperwork then. It's not easier. I'm like, I shoot Joe an email. Hey, Joe, can I do this? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, do this, whatever. We're good here. Any, any major changes? Nope, we're good. You have made you and your team has made my life easier for subsequent transactions, which from my perspective, I don't give a damn about an eighth of a point. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just don't care about a couple pennies here and there in general in my life. I care about convenience. And can you make my life easier and just move me forward towards my goal? Mm-hmm. And that's what I really like about your office is that you've been able to do that and it's been very, you know, very casual and very, I hop on your office, hey, John, we'll knock on the door and buggy real fast for two minutes. Like, hey, we're good here. I'm gonna check on something. Yeah, go, in, go forward with it and submit stuff over, we're good. Mm-hmm. And it's worked out very well, because for me, I want that strategic advice from you. You already know my tax history, you know what my debt to income ratio is like, you know what my wife does for her job, mm-hmm. you know, this or that, like, oh yeah, we can do that. And that's why I care about tremendously. So I like that a lot about you and your office. Thank you. And I think that's something that's very important for people to look at their lenders. Cause you look at realtors that like, hey, I want to have my realtor help me buy and sell, buy and sell. Yeah, But I would definitely encourage everyone out there to go out there and build the same relationship with a lender because as you do multiple transactions, they compound. Transaction a day impacts transactions three years from now. And also just from like convenience and simplicity.
0: Yep, and one really important point you're exactly right. We want to build that relationship. We want to do these transactions over and over again. What you talk about, maybe this is an eighth higher, maybe this is an eighth lower. If you're comparing across different lenders, there's only three things that are going to happen. Somebody's lower, somebody's the same, and somebody's higher. And we've had all three of those situations occur. Oh my gosh, Joe, you're the lowest interest rate. We want to go with you. Oh my gosh, Joe, you're the exact same interest rate. We want to go with you. Oh my gosh, you're slightly higher, but we still want to go with you because of X, Y, Z. Everybody in the market, because the market is surprisingly efficient, everybody's going to be roughly the same. If there was one lender that had the lowest rate, guess what? Everyone else would be out of business because everyone would just go with that lender. It's the same as Target and Walmart. If you go to Target and you go to Walmart, what does a loaf of bread cost? A buck forty-nine at both places. Maybe one day over here it's a buck forty-seven, the other day over here it's a buck fifty-two. It's all roughly the same, but what are you paying for? The experience, the expertise, and making sure that you are getting things done properly for the next transaction.
1: So before we wrap up here, a couple of last minute questions. Yeah. Because I often recommend my clients because they reach out and then six months they're going to buy their, their first house act, their first investment property. And I love to always talk to people well before. Mm-hmm. You can never talk to me early enough. You can talk to me like late enough, but early enough, not possible to talk to me early enough. I tell people, if I were you, I'd recommend going out there getting pre-approved now, mm-hmm. even though they're gonna yeah they're going to pull your credit. They're going to pull all the stuff from you. But you want to make sure there's no skeletons in your closet on your credit history. Mm-hmm. I use my wife's, for example, like this was years ago. We're going to real estate we're refinancing your student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, great. We're going to refinance your student loans. Got very far in the process. And then somewhere close to the finish line, the loan got denied and kicked back because my wife had a $200 collections on her Dish TV bill from college from when some college roommate didn't return whatever receiver yep. you know from senior college, but it was my wife's name. Yep. So it took us like three months to clear up, which was annoying, not a big deal for student loans, like we still got it done, but if you're in contract on a house and you're like, hey, I'm gonna buy a place in 60 days, then you pull the credit, you're like, oh, I didn't realize I had this, that can take months to clear up. Yep. So having that heads up and that the pre-approval is great, But the question I get and I had was, well, if I get pre-approved now, then six months from now, isn't that going to ruin my credit if you pull my credit now, Joe?
0: No, pulling your credit will not ruin your credit. All right. Wait, wait, say that again. Me reviewing your credit report will not ruin your credit. All right. And what I tell everybody, Chris, if you're calling me to talk about a new loan and you're worried about me pulling your credit, if the impact of one point on your credit report is enough to prevent you from being approved then you are too close to the borderline, and we need to talk about what are the real issues going on. If one point is too much, then we shouldn't be on the phone. You should be remaining a tenant, and you should be working Mm -hmm. on your credit report. All right. So when people get worried about that, well, Credit Karma says this, and I don't want my credit pulled. No problem. You don't have to have your credit pulled, but I can't give you any information. It's like the dentist. Hey, can I look at your mouth and see what's going on? No, you can't look in there, but tell me what's going on. can't do that. We have to look at your credit report, and if one point in your credit report is enough to prevent you, you have bigger issues.
1: So Joe, as we wrap up here, I know you talked about early about who you help out, you know, investors, house hackers, primary residences, second homes. What about geography? Yeah. You're licensed in Colorado, I believe, but Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to confirm that. Where in
0: Colorado can you do deals and where across the country can you do deals? Yeah, I can lend anywhere in Colorado, um, which 99% of our business comes from Colorado. I also manage our region for Nebraska, Wyoming, and New Mexico, so I can do loans there, but that's not my primary focus. Really, I'm a regional manager and oversee folks that are lending in those states. Um, so if you need something in those states, still call me. If you need something just about nationwide, call me. It might not be me doing it, but I can connect you with the right person. You know
1: the right person to go out there and say, great, here's the you know here's your peer." in Virginia or mm-hmm. New York to go out there and help you. Yep. All right, Joe, this has been phenomenal. Thank, Thank you. you so much. And over the years, I really appreciate the work you've done for me as an investor, the work have done for our clients, our agents has always been, you know, great across the board. Anytime there's been a miscommunication, which happens, or something's lost along the way, we' will sit down, talk to you, figure out what's happened, identify the issue, move on and still get the deal done. So I appreciate you so much. I appreciate your team, especially your staff. who do so much behind the scenes. So thank you. And going forward, we be producing a lot more content together. You've been yeah. a regular on the podcast. We're getting a better groove this year and going forward. But how can people reach you? And what should they do if they are interested in talking about getting a loan and starting the investing
0: process? Absolutely. Of course, you can call me 303 303- Eight zero nine seven seven six nine. It might not be me answering the phone, but one of my team members will answer it. Be happy to help you. You can email me, Massey at castlecookmortgage.com. Of course, there's an E on the end of cook. And of course, you can go to my website, loansbyjomassey.com. Any one of those scenarios, um, reach out to us, myself or somebody on my team will be happy to chat with you.
1: And all those notes will be in the contact details on the website. And I think a lot of our listeners and viewers have used our Excel spreadsheet. I mm-hmm. say our Excel spreadsheets, your Excel spreadsheet, which I love because you create it when there's issues or questions. I'm like, well, let's talk to Joe. But that spreadsheet we use for rental properties, when you've created you've refined. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of people probably know you inadvertently through that. Mm-hmm. It's a great spreadsheet. And of course, your contact details are on
0: there. You know, I built the original version of that in 2010. That spreadsheet's 12 years old. and We're up to now version 6.2 or 6.4, something like that. And uh, that's. That's been one of the best tools that I've gotten more feedback on that than literally anything else I've done in my career. Well, it's a
1: great tool. I mean, it's it's a, it, it balances like getting another property, but also like the keep it simple, stupid method. Like I don't need to spend three hours underwriting a property, but I, mm-hmm. in 30 seconds or a minute, once you get proficient out there, you can plug in some quick numbers and get an idea for what the property forms. So it's a great tool. It's one of our toolkit on the website. You can go in there, download it. Of course, reach out to Joe, his office can give it to you but that's a great tool to use as well as
0: you go forward investing in properties in Colorado. So Joe, thank you so much. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks for having me on and look forward to the next podcast.